I've never thought of myself as particularly religious, but when I was a child, I decided to make prayer a priority. Over the decades, my understanding of prayer and my experience with prayer expanded my horizons and deepened my consciousness. I noticed that by making prayer a priority, the Spirit was changing all the other priorities of my life. Now in my early 70s, my top priorities are inclusiveness and intentionality. So today I'm sharing with you how a priority on listening prayer has led me to the twin priorities of inclusiveness and intentionality. It was 50 years ago, I was the student pastor for a youth tour choir. While in Mobile, Alabama, we visited a Roman Catholic monastery. As a young person, it felt a bit confining. So I asked one of the sisters, what do you do here all day? With a radiance that I could not then understand, she gently said, we pray for the world. Her response was for me an important step toward living into Paul's invitation in 1 Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. The war in Ukraine has renewed my commitment to pray without ceasing for our troubled world. Prior to visiting that monastery, I didn't think it was either possible or desirable to pray without ceasing. Now I believe it's both possible and desirable. Rampant gun violence, our political, social, and religious polarization give me greater understanding why our desert mothers and fathers fled urbanization and hierarchy for a remote life of solitude. When I was young, it seemed strange that Julian of Norwich voluntarily anchored herself in a cell adjacent to a church building. But now, with all the distractions of daily life, Julian gives me new insight into George Matheson's hymn, Make Me a Captive, Lord, and Then I Shall Be Free. When I was 30, my Episcopal friend, Ron Delbane, helped me discover that prayer is essentially listening to God and that we listen to God mostly by paying attention to God's creatures and creation. These podcasts reveal rich prayer traditions, such as the Psalms, the Lord's Prayer, the Benedictine rhythm of listening, meditating, and speaking, the prayer of St. Francis, breath prayers, the Labyrinth, the Rosary, the Upper Room, Wesley's Covenant Prayer, and Contemplative Prayer. I think of listening prayer as an overarching attitude toward life that encompasses all the prayer resources available to us. We can practice listening prayer when we pay attention to the voice of a child, a neighbor, a stranger, or our most significant other. We can practice listening prayer when we walk through the woods or alongside a busy street. We can practice listening prayer when we pay attention to our heartbeat, when we make silent retreat, or when we savor the great silence of a night's sleep. We can practice listening prayer by paying attention to our dreams, listening for what John Sanford called God's forgotten language. 
There are countless ways we can practice listening prayer, and each avenue of listening is an avenue toward unceasing prayer. I now consider unceasing prayer to be not just possible, not just desirable, but essential for me to become healthier, more loving, more gracious, more inclusive, more intentional. Listening prayer moves me toward unceasing prayer, and this shakes up my priorities and creates new priorities, which is both disturbing and liberating. For me, unceasing prayer means attentive listening to God's creatures and God's creation, and this brings repentance, turning around, and continuous mid-course corrections. At this point in my life, And in this moment of history, prayerful listening has led me to make inclusiveness my greatest priority. In defiance of growing authoritarianism, I'm determined to be more compassionate and more empathetic for those who are oppressed and to enter into solidarity with them as I become more resistant to oppression and to oppressors. I become more conscious of my complicity in the pain of others as I do this. I'm continually challenged by the biblical prophets, by the life and teaching of Jesus, by people like Mohandas Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. I'm challenged to seek to be more peaceful, more loving, and more inclusive. Prayerful listening has made intentionality companion priority alongside inclusiveness. I'm grateful for the gift of retirement, which allows me to be more intentional and more inclusive with my time and resources. I'm free to worship and serve where I can make the most difference for God's creation and God's creatures. Jesus embodied intentionality when he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus embodied inclusivity When he prayed from the cross, forgive them, they know not what they do. The risen Christ calls me to embody in this present moment intentionality and inclusivity. John Wesley's mentor, William Law, taught him the importance of intentionality. Wesley was so intentional, so disciplined, so methodical, that he was derided as being a Methodist. What a great compliment. I continue to be inspired by John Wesley's intentionality and by his inclusiveness. When I engage with others or when I learn what's going on in the world, Wesley's witness reminds me that the world is our parish. So I'll end this podcast with gratitude for the sister at the monastery whose words 50 years ago still inspire me to pray for the world. She and countless others along the way encourages me to make prayer a priority, which means listening, paying attention. And prayer motivates me to enjoy the presence of God as I seek to be inclusive and intentional. As Charles Wesley wrote, in all I think or speak or do. God bless you.